Um, it, 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 I, I've also heard those, by the way, called the 10 words of life, which I really like, that they're, um, they're, they're more how do we, 10 ways we experience the life God has for us. So I, we're in the midst of this, and Jim contacted a few of us a uh, few weeks back to ask if we would take the pulpit for him. And if, it, I don't know if Matt's here this morning, but Matt Masis did a remarkable job last week, listened to that message on the Sabbath. But um, when Jim asked me, I thought, he, he didn't tell us what we'd be speaking on. I thought, yeah, I'd love to do that. And I'm great as long as it's not honoring your parents. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm speaking on this morning, honoring your parents. One out of ten chance, right? And uh, I got it. So uh, I, I, I want to be really candid about this because for me personally, this particular command is a struggle. Um, this is something that I, I, uh, I really struggle with, even, even how to share my struggles this morning. I struggle with how do I do that without dishonoring my parents. And, and uh, you know, I'm getting near 60, and I'm still struggling with how do I live this out. So uh, as we talk about this this morning, I want to recognize that this is not an easy topic for everyone in the room. Um, for, for some of us, you know, we, we had great parents, and it was just, you know, for you, honoring your parents is not a big deal. For others who didn't have such good parents, maybe like me, this is a message that can really hurt and bring up some things. And you, for, for others, I recognize that you only, maybe even you feel abandoned. You, you were abandoned by one or two of your parents, and, and it, it may bring up a whole other set of issues. So I just want to recognize that this is not necessarily an easy topic um, for all of us. And, and you know, if you think about it, not all parents are the same, as I just said, but not all children are the same, right? Some of us, you know, we have great parents and we don't recognize them as being great. Or we have great parents and we do recognize them as being great. Or we don't have great parents and we haven't yet recognized they're not real great parents and there's probably some baggage there. And, and yet for others, there's, we don't have great parents and we recognize that. And so I, as I've entered into this, I'm really trying to be sensitive to those issues. But then too, it kind of depends on where you're at in life, doesn't it? You know, if you think about a four-year-old, mom and dad can do no wrong. They are supermen and women, right? And then they hit about, I don't know, teen years? And all of a sudden, parents are like, they are so old. <laughs> they just have no clue what's going on. And then in your 20s, somewhere in there, maybe you know, 25, 6, all of a sudden, you know, they say a few good things. And then, you know, somewhere as you get some gray in your hair, you start thinking, I wonder what mom and dad would think about this. And then, of course, you hit another stage in life where you, you, you think, I wish I could just talk to them now and, and hear their voice. So uh, we're going to talk about honoring your parents, and we're going to be in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Pretty short verse. Do you mind bringing it up, Jeremy? Thank you. So here it is. Uh, Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, it's honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Now, here's where I want to go this morning. So if you leave with nothing else, this is it, that God wants you to honor him by honoring your parents. That's really what this verse says. God wants you to honor him 
by honoring your parents. And we're going to look, here's the outline for my message, it's pretty simple. We're going to look at the command, the promise, and the practice. So the command, what is it? The practice, how do we do it? Or the promise, what, what's the promise that's included with this? And then the practice, how do we do it? So we're going to look, uh, before we jump into the command, I, I just want to give some context. Because we're in the Ten Commandments. And if you think about the structure of the Ten Commandments, Commandments 1 through 4 are about our relationship to God, how we relate to God. And then 6 through 10 are God's instructions on how we should relate to each other as God's covenant community. And there's a structure even within that because the first commandment is actually the foundation for 2, 3, and 4. And then 1 through 4 are the the foundation for 5 through 10. And interestingly, when you look at 5 through 10, verse 5, honor your or command five, honor your parents, is the foundation for everything else in six to ten. And, uh, and, and so I think what God is doing here is by this being the first of that next set, six through ten, what God is doing is setting up his administrative order for life. How does this work? Um, how, does, how does life work? How does authority Work And the family is the foundation of all of the, that that follows in how we relate to each other and God's chain of authority. So, so we're going to look first at the command and just what does it mean? And you know, like a lot of commands, this one's actually pretty simple, isn't it? Honor your parents. But um, obviously, living it out is gritty. And, and it can be a challenge for how do I practice this? So while the command is simple, the practice of it, I think, requires a lot of thought and creativity and, and prayer in order to live this out well. And, and to go through the command, what I want to do is just make some observations, because I think it begins to unlock how we practice this. And so as we look at this, uh, I want to make a couple of notes. The first thing is that word honor, of honor. Um, the dictionary defines honor as to respect greatly, regard highly, treat with deference and courtesy. That works. But the Hebrew word here is a little bit different. The Hebrew word is kavod. Even the way you say it, kavod, it means heavy. It means heavy. And it's used most often of God. That that when we're talking about God and his his glory, his splendor, his majesty, it it should put upon us when we reflect on him an appropriate heaviness. Kind of a, wow, I don't want to take this lightly. I want to give God his due because he's heavy, he's kavod. Here, it's used same word of parents. I think what God's getting at is just as we honor God with this weight due him because of who he is and his role, so we need to carry that over and give our parents an appropriate weight in our lives. We need to treat them with reverence and respect and honor, dignity, now, not the same as God, but, but it's, it's similar, right? So, kavod, I want you to think about that, that am I treating my parents with a certain gravity, a certain heaviness that's due them as my parents? So then I want to look at the word children, because that's interesting. It's not given in here per se, but, but the way that God is using children in this, in this arena because, it's, again, it's repeated in Ephesians 6, right? When Paul repeats it, talking about children, obey your parents. He's lifting it out of this. The word for children is not infant. It's not teenager. 
It's just offspring. So in other words, if you have a parent, this applies to you. And I think probably most of us have parents. Safe to say. So, so it's going to apply to us. Um, it, it doesn't, it's not a word for just some. It's a word for all of us. And then I want to look, notice, too, that something that's missing. There's no age limit. Right? It doesn't say if you're below this age, then honor your parents. Or it, it, there's just no limits to it. So again, if you're an offspring, if you have a father and a mother, then you should obey your parents. You should, I'm sorry, you should honor your parents. Now it changes, right? Because as we grow older, that relationship and what honoring them looks like begins to change. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But, but the basic principle always remains the same. We're to honor our parents. And then I, I just want to note too with father and mother here, I think we need to recognize that this is not just our biological parents, it's adoptive parents. As you get married, I think Chad said it, it's in-laws. So once we marry, our in-laws are under this too. We need to honor those who have that parental place in our lives. So it's not just for, for some. And I think what God is getting at is we're to live in the habit of submission. And that, that's why it's foundational. It starts as we're children. We begin developing habits of submitting to the appropriate authorities in our lives. And then as we go through and grow up, we still learn and live out submission. It just changes a bit. I, I like what Tim Keller says, that, it's, that's, that what he's talking about with this verse is it's respects for parents that is the basis of every other kind of respect and every other kind of authority. That's why it's foundational. Now, two other quick observations from this is our respect for God is going to be tied directly to our respect for our parents. That's what he's doing in this section. Is our respect for God can't be divorced from what we do with our parents. So in other words, you can't say, I, I respect you, God, but I don't respect them. I don't honor them. I'm honoring you, God, but I'm not honoring my parents. No, he's tying them together that one of the ways we honor him is by honoring our parents. And then uh, la lastly, I just want to note that there's no qualifications on this. Uh, God doesn't say, if you have good parents, honor them. And if you have bad parents, I'm giving you a pass. He just doesn't say that. He doesn't qualify. He just says, if they're your parent, then honor them. Now, that may look differently. I, I'm going to totally acknowledge that. It, it looks different, but the principle still applies. So that's the command. Honor God by honoring your parents. Now, now what's the promise? Because interestingly, there's only two of the Ten Commandments that have a promise related to them, and this is one of them. And the promise is that it would go well with you, that you would live in the land the Lord your God is giving him. Now, in the Old Testament, of course, Israel, their, their relationship with God and blessing was tied to the land. Paul takes it out of that, and he just says in Ephesians 6 that it, it, you may live long in the land. In other words, that you may live a long life. You'd have a blessed life. And I think that what God is promising here is that, that when we live consistently with God's divine order, that we live the way he has ordered life to be lived, life goes better. We're going to experience more of happiness, more of his protection, more of his guidance, 
more of his deliverance, more of his protection. So, so the promise is, is not that life's going to be grand and great and unicorns and sunshine. That's not the promise. But the promise is life's going to go a whole lot better when you live it the way God wants you to live. Because he loves us, he made us, he knows what we need. And so the promise is live the way I want you to, life will be better. But the converse is true too, right? If you rebel against that life I want you to live, life's not going to go as well. It's not going to work as well as you hope it will. So that's the promise. It's going to go better if we obey God in this. It's going to go better. But now here's the meat of it, and where I want to spend most of the time is what's the practice? And I want to cover the practice in two ways. Um, First, I'm going to speak to parents, and then I'm going to speak to kids. Um, And by kids, I'm a kid, right? To my parents, I'm a kid. So uh, I, I want to start with parents first. So first thing I want to say is parents, be honorable. It is hard to honor a parent that's not honorable. And so, so how can we be more honorable as parents? And, and I just want to give you a couple of things, um, because I think we can make this command a lot easier on our children. And, and the first thing is love God first and foremost in your home and your life. You know, it's amazing the number of adult children I meet who grew up in a home that their parents went to church on Sunday, and that was it. They talked the talk on Sunday, but they didn't live the life Monday through Saturday. And, and I just want to say that, that that will make it harder for your children to honor you. So we can't take our kids where we're not going. The likelihood of them getting there is far, and it's a lot harder. So let me just say, we should be seeking God first and foremost. We should be seeking God uh, with all our hearts. That's going to make it easier. So when we make spiritual growth a priority, it makes honoring us easier. But the second thing I want to just say to parents is offer grace. You know, kids sin. Children sin. So do parents, don't we? And, and if we offer grace, um, it will make honoring us easier. So one of the things I want to just say is make sure you are offering grace in your words, your actions, and then here's where I think it's, it's toughest, it has been for me, is in your thoughts. Offer thoughts of grace first and foremost. Think about your kids with grace. Think about how God thinks about us. I mean, we're in process, right? We're growing up from infancy spiritually to maturity, hopefully. And, and God offers us grace in that journey. We make mistakes. We act foolishly. We make bad decisions. We say dumb things. We sin. We act immature. And God thinks about us with grace. He doesn't like, why don't you just grow up? I'm so tired of you. So offer grace uh, to your kids because that's what God offers us. Um, And then uh, I want to tie these together, but demonstrate humility. And, and one of the key ways I think we can demonstrate humility with our kids, well, maybe two ways, is one, ask their advice. Uh, my kids are adults uh, now, and more and more I've brought them into things I'm struggling with, like decisions I need to make or things I'm thinking about. And I think it honors them to do so, but it, it kind of opens new avenues for us to relate. Um, and I just see uh, so much value in that. But it takes a little bit of humility to ask your kids their advice and listen to it. Don't always agree, 
But I ask it. And then I, I think maybe more important, have the humility to ask for forgiveness. You know, one of the greatest blessings we can give our, our children is asking for forgiveness when we're wrong. You know, when we know we've hurt them and, and that, that we've sinned against them, we've left a wound, just entering into that and saying, I'm sorry I hurt you. I, I, I was wrong here. That is huge. Um, and over the years, Rachel and I have confessed so many things to our kids not inappropriately, but where we've hurt them. We've confessed and we've gone back. Some of them coming back, you know, it'll come to us and we have to go back to them and we'll say, you know, when you were this old, we really handled this poorly. We hurt you. And, you know, it's just brought a a wonderful healing uh, to our kids and it makes it easier for them to honor us. But but two, um, you know, they offer such grace to us. So take the risk, humble yourself, and ask for forgiveness if you're not, if you're a parent. And, and just ask for forgiveness when you blow it. They, they will offer you grace. So that's parents. Let's talk about children. And again, child is not age-defined. It's simply being an offspring. Now, how we interact with our parents, I'm going to give you five things that I think are ways we can honor our parents. How these they can change as we grow. But, but the first thing is, obey them. Now, as we grow, this turns into respect them. But if you're living in your parents' household, if they're providing for you, if, if you're still asking for them help with life, or you're in their house, then obedience is the first way we honor God. And, and obedience is not just actions, it's an attitude. That our attitude ought to be God, or mom, dad, not God, but uh, mom, dad, I will obey you. If you're not asking me to disobey God, then my answer is yes. It doesn't matter if I like your request, it doesn't matter if I agree with it, I'm going to obey you, and I'm going to submit. I'm going to submit. So if you're still living at home, I think one of the ways we honor our parents is, is simple obedience. Now, as we, as we grow out of their home, I think it starts to change to respect. I respect the input that you have in my life. I listen to it. I'll honor that. Um, but it's obey. And then the second thing is forgive them. You, know, you want to honor your parents, forgive them. Um, parents are going to fail to meet your expectations. In fact, I don't think we live up to our own expectations as parents, to be honest. So, so we're going to fail. We're going to leave you hurt at times. We're going to make unwise decisions. We're going to have unrealistic expectations. And we will blow it. That's just being a parent. So forgive them. It, it, it also never ceases to amaze me, not only the one adult child that I've mentioned, but how many of us bring unforgiveness and bitterness and anger into adulthood. And we have a tr- tough time shedding that. So forgive your parents. Even if they don't come and ask for you forgiveness, forgive them. It will honor them. And, and I know if I'd have, as a new Christian when I was 18, if I'd have heard this word, I would have said, yeah, but you don't know my dad. Or you don't know my mom. How can I forgive them? And I think we need to just think about what Paul said in Ephesians 4. 
Remember, he said, forgive just as God in Christ forgave you. What did that look like? Remember, Jesus had just had the nails pounded into his hands, pounded into his feet, and what did he say of of those standing in front of him? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. So I encourage you, forgive your parents. And if you can verbalize that forgiveness, it will mean the world to them. It will offer grace and honor to them. So then the third thing we can do is not just obey and and, uh, uh, forgive, but we can speak well of them to others. We can refuse to speak evil of them. And, And as I said, this command is hard for me and, and I got to be honest this particular application of the command is stepping all over me I have a tough time speaking well of my parents and so I, I have found that it's just generally best if I don't speak of them because good things don't come out um, I, I don't think I'm usually bitter I don't think I'm unforgiving at this point in life but They just weren't very honorable people. And so it's best for me just to keep my mouth shut. But I I have been convicted working on this message that I need to find things. My dad's dead and my mom's still alive and I need to find things in my mom that I can offer her uh, to speak well about her. To speak well. So guard your parents. Guard their reputation. Guard their honor by speaking well of them to others. And then the fourth is kind of related to, them, to that. Speak words of encouragement to your parents. Speak words of encouragement. You know, as parents, we know that in many ways we've screwed you up. We know that. But we also know that there's some good things in you that we had a role in. And, and so I would encourage you, give your parents credit where you can. You know, give them words of appreciation. You know, start a sentence like this. You know, Mom... One of the things I appreciate about you, or you know, Dad, one of the things that I've learned from you that I apply in life, one of the things I use, or one of the things I admire about you, find ways to speak words of encouragement to your parents. It will be a huge blessing to them. Yeah, I I remember a time, and I tried to do this with my dad, but I remember a time he was... They, they had come up to visit us. They, were, they lived in Texas. But they came up into this area and visited us, and I was maybe 27-ish or so, and I really felt convicted. I needed to take my dad out and uh, just confess some things to him. But one of the things I'd begun realizing is he wasn't as stupid as I thought he was. And so I took him out to, to lunch, and I, I started the lunch and just said, Dad, I want you to know that in the last couple of years, your IQ doubled. And he just started smiling, and But it gave me then that opportunity to confess some things that I needed to confess to him and to to offer some words that, you know, some of the things you said to me, they're right. They were true. My kids are really, really good at this. Um, And it's such a blessing. Because I think we can sometimes see only the things that we regret. I'm just wired that way. And I, I can look at my kids and think, gosh, I did so many things wrong. They are so good at encouraging us. 
saying, Dad, you know, I appreciate this about you. And they do it all the time. They, we have a family group me. They do it on. They send texts when they call, when we're face-to-face. I can't think of many ways that I feel more honored than that. So give your parents that gift. Speak words of encouragement to them. And then let me give one last one, and that's just spend time with them. Just spend time with them. If your parents are still alive, spend time with them. Give them unhurried time in, their, in your presence uh, that, that you just focus on them and what they like to do. And if that's to talk and chat, then they do that. If that's to do something with them, do that with them. But give them that unhurried time, the gift of time. And, and I have to be honest again, I, I struggle with this one. Not, not because my mom lives in Dallas, but because I don't like spending time with her. I don't. And, and uh, for whatever reason, the baggage that I still carry from my home makes it feel like I am suffocating when I'm with her. I don't know how to describe it. I'm not an anxious person unless I'm around my mom. And I, I start feeling hour by hour, it just builds until literally, I want to I drive out of Dallas at 150 miles an hour. I, I can't wait to escape. And you know, God just really spoke to me uh, during this message. You know, I can't blame her for my issues at this point in life. I'm an adult. I'm old. You know, I, I need to deal with God with this. And it doesn't really matter. The reality is I need to obey God. And I need to put into practice exactly what I'm saying to you towards my mom. And if you want to ask me at different points in the future, am I doing this? You are free to do that. I would love it. But I, I need to obey God. I need to learn to let him empower me to love her and to spend time with her and not dread it, but actually look forward to it. That's between me and God. And so, I, you know, I just want to encourage you, spend time. You can do that. So what does this look like? I've given you five principles, and obviously I, I am struggling with a couple of them. What does it look like if you're struggling? Well, there's grace here. There's grace. Um, there's grace if you're in process, because for me, spending time doesn't mean I have to spend every weekend in Dallas. But it does mean I need to be down there fairly regularly and I need to be calling her more often. I need to be speaking words of encouragement and I will fail in that. But there's grace. I can grow in this and I can do a better job of honoring my mom. So if some of this is, is kind of like me, that if it's not a big deal for you, well, go do this. But for others of us, this is tough. And uh, if you're in that boat, there is grace here to figure it out with God. He'll offer that. So let me wrap up this way. Um, I, obviously, I'm not the poster child of honoring your parents. And I, but I have met few people who honor their parents better than Josh and Sarah Taves. And they're in this church. If you don't know Josh and Sarah's story... Um, they spent six years waiting for her parents' approval to get married. Six long years. Um, and, and uh, you know, they, they chose consciously to honor God 
by honoring their parents, and they waited. It was not easy. Um, And whether you would apply this command the same way they did and choose not to get married because their parents struggled with it, that's not the point. The point is they honored God by honoring their parents, and they did a great job of it. The decision, you could look at it from one perspective. The decision cost them six years of marriage. The decision cost them a lot. It was not easy to do this. Um, But remember, this command has a promise attached to it, doesn't it? It has a promise attached to it. And and I think one of the coolest things that we observed in their lives is the, the promise that it may go well with you, that it may go well with you in the land, This has a blessing attached to obedience. And and I just want to point out um, the blessings that God brought through their waiting. They're honoring their parents this way. Rachel and I do a pretty good amount of premarital counseling. And I would say of all the couples that we have counseled over the years, they were the best prepared for marriage. Easily the best prepared and we were talking to them not long ago, and they said that their first year of marriage has actually been really good. Now, that's in contrast to a lot of us that the first year of marriage was survival. So um, it was really good, but, but why? Well, I'll tell you what we noticed in them, is they were the most mature, best-prepared couple that we've seen. Why? Because they waited. They waited six years, uh, and during that time, they made a commitment to grow spiritually. So they were more Christ-like when they went into their marriage. They matured. Six years is a long time. They were more mature. They had learned to communicate. Um, They created really good habits of communication because that waiting caused a lot of stress, and they worked through a lot of relational stress. And they learned through the physical boundaries they set. They learned self-control for six years. And that paid off in their marriage. See, I I think the way God worked in their lives is such a a signature of this promise that yes, it may cost us something, but it will always be worth the cost. Because this is a promise with a blessing attached to it. And I would encourage you, if you don't know their story, gosh, buy them lunch and listen. It is so encouraging. And need to hear. But if you're struggling with this, uh, this issue, I don't know that I'm your best one to talk to. Unfortunately, the lot got drawn for me to preach on this. But they may be a really good couple to talk with about, hey, I'm struggling. Can you give me some counsel here? So let me wrap it up. Um, God wants you to honor him by honoring your parents. That's the message this morning. Uh, And if you think about it, if you are fearfully and wonderfully made, God made you fearfully and wonderfully made through your parents sovereignly. He sovereignly gave you the parents you have. And you can honor his sovereignty by honoring the parents he gave you. And I talked about five ways that, um, that we can honor our parents. But remember, honoring our parents is an outflow of our honoring God. So honor God first and foremost, and then the rest will start to fall in place. I talked about forgiving them obeying them, speaking well of them to others, speaking words of encouragement to, other, to them, and, and even spending time. Pick one. Pick all. But try it this week. Try it this month. 
to intentionally spend time with them, to intentionally focus on how do I honor my parents. Let's pray. Father, you are good. Um, You're a good father, uh, and we want to honor you. Teach us to honor our own parents uh, just as we honor you. Help us to be students of how to bring them encouragement, bring them joy, bring them honor. And for those of us who are parents, I pray that we would give our best to you, uh, that we might be better parents to them. In Jesus' name, amen.